Welcome to Chats with Chelsea. I'm your host, Chelsea Bennett. You've tuned in this week to week two of our mental health awareness panel. I'm so grateful for Q, Lashawanda, and Brittany for sharing their stories, their journeys. And if you haven't heard their journeys, go back to week one. This week, we're diving into how their mental illness, their mental disorders have affected their romantic relationships. Let's listen in. How has having mental illness, disorder, how has that affected your relationships with men in your life? What, what has that been like? Has that been easy? Have they been understanding? Have they known how to react? What's that journey been for you? Um, I think for me, because mine stems from you know, interactions with the opposite sex, it was very challenging. Um, my ex, he didn't really understand it, but in hindsight, I didn't understand it, so I didn't really have the knowledge, the wisdom, the language to help him help me. Mm-hmm. And in hindsight, it was the right relationship at the wrong time. Wow. Um, I wish that we uh, could have met at a different time when I was a little bit further along in my healing. I remember uh, last year a few times having to call him and apologize for some of my behavior. Um, we had a few instances where, you know, someone would say something crazy and I was so angry with him for not standing up for me. And, you know, he just sees the good in everybody. So he, he didn't take offense to what the person said about me. And I was just like, I didn't understand. I was so hurt, and I couldn't articulate to him why I was so hurt. But I was just angry. I was hurt, but it manifested as anger, right? And I couldn't get to the bottom of it. It was just kind of like, you know, you're my man. You're supposed to stand up for me, kind of thing. And he left like scratching his head, like, "What just happened here? All of this because I didn't, you know." And that it was. It took probably two and a half years for me to learn what that was about. And last year after the therapy session, I picked up the phone and I called him. I said when I was sexually abused and I came forward and I reported it, no one stood up for me. No one said anything. There was no conversation. There was no police call. There was no um, there was no justice for me. And I realized that the five-year-old little girl in me is still waiting for someone to stand up for me. And that's what I needed you to do in that moment. And I didn't know it. And the one that you're burdened to bear. So I've had to have lots of those conversations with that ex in particular. Um, I'm dating someone now, and you know he's because I'm further along and have a better awareness and understanding of um, my mental health and my past. I can properly um, articulate that to him so that he does have an understanding and he shows up as a result. He shows up differently for me um, as a support. He's very patient. Very patient, you know, so much so that if for whatever reason we stop dating, I'll always want to be his friend. Like, he is just a good man. And um, my hope is that uh, I never allow my past to mishandle him. So, so tell me, so you're, you're in this healthy relationship now, Q. Um, congratulations. Yes. Yes. How soon did you tell him? Well, you know, we were friends. 
prior to um, dating, so he knew. I'm very vocal about um, my uh, journey of overcoming depression, my current uh, journey with anxiety. I'm very vocal about it. I write about it on the blog, uh, my Facebook, their like dissertation. I'm constantly in a state of gratefulness to God for how far he's working um, in this. And so I, I, put about, I post about it everywhere. And so he only knew. Um, from that, but I don't know, he's just, it, it's very early on. I would say, probably our first date, he told me like this. Wow. And, but you wow. know what, too? I wanted him to make an informed decision. I didn't want to wait. Even if he had never read that, I didn't want it to be, you know, months into the relationship, and then I unload this thing, and feelings are already involved by then. It's like, no, I want you to know who I am, where I've been, what I've been through, um, what has made me the woman that I am today, both good, bad, right, or indifferent. Um, this is who I am and why I am, you know, and from there, you get to decide if you want to be a part of it. And he chose yes. And he chose right. <laughs> <laughs> so one other question for you. Thank you for the laugh. <laughs> has he asked a lot of questions? Even knowing, though, but it's one thing to know and to see that from the outside. Yeah. Now you all are in this close proximity. Yeah. Has there been questions? Did he do his own research? What What has that looked like? Yeah. He's done both. Um, he asked, he's very inquisitive. He has lots of questions. Sometimes I'm like, oh my God. Um, but there are still moment, moments um, where I'm working through some more triggered, mm -hmm. maybe by something he doesn't even realize. It. He doesn't realize that something he may say or do is a trigger for me. And so I have to stop in that moment and let him know. And then I have to explain. And then he has questions, you know, why and how did this action, you know, trigger something from the past, this particular thing. And it's complicated. I'm not going to lie. It's not easy. And we actually had a conversation today where I just thanked him for um, the grace that he extended to me, uh, the gentleness, um, his steadfastness. Mm -hmm. um, he's a praying man, so that helps. Awesome. Um, you know, he shows up at church. Nobody even knows we're dating. Um, <laughs> he comes to church and, you know, we sit apart, but he's in there. And he's praying and he wants to understand. He wants to show up. He's, you know, every day he acknowledges. You know, I see you, you know, with the baby, I see you shipping books, I see you, you know, going to the gym and taking care of the house and making meals and you know you're everything to everybody helping. He asks flat out, how can I help you? I just want to make you better. I want to help you carry your load. You know, whether it's something you can do that's tangible or just to be there as a support, you know, emotionally. It means a lot. I told him that today. I said, you know, even if there is not anything that you can do in those moments, the fact that you care and you wanna make it better for me. Like you literally, you know, some people say, "Hey, how are you?" And they're already gone now. <laughs> it's not that kind of ask. It's like you know, he doesn't even break eye contact. He's staring. He's like, "I'm here. What can I do? How can I help?" You know, and he's constantly asking about my past, and he says he's always careful to say not to use it against you because I've been there too, where you know, people get ammunition to load their guns to fire back all this stuff at you, and he's like. I don't wow. even know so that can be That's so beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to take this cute little okay? Um, so we were actually talking about my past one day, and I don't know, somehow we noticed my bracelet, and I have a Pandora bracelet, and the chain was broken. The safety chain, and he was like, well, what's that? And I told him all about it, and I said, well, this is a safety chain. And he said, well, what is it for? I said, well, if it comes, um, 
apart, it comes undone if you sit from falling apart completely. And so then, like, the next, I said, I need to go to this work. And until the next day or so, he's like, yeah, that's me for you. And I was like, okay. And he <laughs> placed the chain. He said, but it's not just the, the charm. I was like, okay. He said, it has a deeper meaning. I said, okay. He said, you remember you said that the safety chain was that if it breaks, it keeps it from falling completely apart. I said, yes. He said, I don't need that. Oh, Why? And I hated it didn't feel good going right. through it. But that was his way. And 
And I think sometimes we always expect them to do it the way we want them to do it. But in actuality, they're showing us and they're trying to help us and do the best that they can do. And so we just have to pay attention and just really appreciate that. And so he's, my husband has been supportive. I think it, it put a strain on us, mm -hmm. on our marriage. And that's real, though. Yeah. yeah, because in a marriage, both of you need to be whole. And I always, I wanted to make sure that I never pulled on him to fulfill me or to, to complete me. Right. I needed to be complete in myself. That was like day one. I needed to be this way. And it seemed like for the first time I was pulling on him. And I didn't want to pull on him. I wanted to get this together myself. So it was this fight, it was this struggle, and it was this mad feeling that I had for myself. And guilt that I felt too because I'm pulling from him. And I could see sometimes he was probably exhausted. But he would not say. But, you know, he was supportive. But I knew that it was this battle. And that's why I just, like, i got to stop this because I don't want my daughter to go through this. I don't want my children to feel this. I need to stop it. And that's why I went away in office. That's very real. And I It was a beautiful. I highly recommend it. <laughs> <laughs> With your kids, you know, not having your kids to see that. Yeah. I can relate to that. And I know they already have seen so much and felt, especially with my, my daughter, just a smart cookie, very intuitive, okay? You know, and I could tell, and my nine-year-old picked up on a lot. And he actually went through a little depression. You know, this started to kind of, as I was fighting it and, and trying to rebuke it and, and get it off of me, it was hopping around. Yeah. And so you have to be, it's like a demon. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, and if you, you know, think about demons, when you, the demon can jump out of you into another person. And so then it became, now I've got to be whole and I have to be praying, going to the throne, going to the throne on behalf of my children so that they don't go through this. When you think about your kids, I'm going to come to you, Brittany. When you think about your kids and knowing that they have seen you through your journey, was that extra pressure on you to speed like it the up? Worst mother ever. I felt really bad before speeding up. Yeah, I, um, you know, I have mixed emotions. I had a very strong mother, and I hate that word, but I'll come back to that later. Um, I just feel like there's a lot of pressure on us to be everything all the time, you know, and, and it does not leave room for humanity, the word strong. But anyway, my mom made everything look easy, you know, nothing yes. broke her, nothing made her sad. I don't think I've ever seen her cry, not even when my father died, and I know that, um, I know what that did to her when he passed because she had been with him more than half her life. Wow. And that was the love of her life. And so to never see her cry, it really uh, left me with a feeling of inadequacy as I went through my struggles because I felt like I should have been able to hold it all together. I should have not been in broken states. Um, and I'm teary-eyed just thinking about the moments when my oldest daughter um, has seen me in fetal positions on the floor, like literally unable to get up, <clears throat> um, unable to get up, 
bit. And, you know, I pride myself on being a great mother, if nothing else. And uh, there have been times, though, where I know I have failed her in that way um, because we had role reversals. I know there were times where she probably felt like the parent. Yes, I, I was a functioning, you know, they talk about functioning addicts. Mm -hmm. I was a, function, a functioning depressive uh, person, depressed person. I got up and I went to work every day and I paid our bills and, you know, I made sure she had clothes or nice things. You know, I did those things. But emotionally, emotionally, there were times when she had to come in and she tucked me into bed or she, you know, held me with her little arms. There were times where she saw me completely broken and I know now in hindsight the impact that that had on her, especially when it comes to relationships. Um, she would never tell me that, but I, I feel like, if this is some guilt that I'm still working through, I feel like she feels like I failed her in certain ways, but she would never want to hurt me in that way, so she's never said that to me. But I feel like she harbors some of that, which is why when she goes through her depressing or moments, um, she doesn't want to talk to me about certain things. And we talk about everything, I mean anything, because I didn't have that dynamic as close as my mother or she was just so private. Just a lot of things that I wish she had talked to me about, she didn't open up to me about. And so um, we talk about everything, but then there are moments where I feel like she wants to just unleash that. And so she's also been seeing the therapist, which I'm so grateful for. If it's not me, then go to someone and write help in the release that you need. Um, but it has been very difficult for me, um, especially even as recent as last year when I went through postpartum depression. She saw that. She witnessed that. And that is tough. That is hard, especially my daughter's 20. You know, she's almost 21. And so she knows there's no hiding. You know, I, she can hear my voice on the phone and know what kind of state I'm in. And I don't care how high bitch they She's like, no, it's wrong. You know, her antennas are going off and she's on that road from Hampton and she's coming. Um, so, yeah, that's, I'm still working through that and on the guilt. You're and so loved. You are so loved. You know, as we hear just all these different people around you, they love you so much. And it's funny because <laughs> that's the thing when you're in sickness or you're in darkness, you can't see that and you don't feel that because that was the one thing that I desired so much. I realized it was more romantically that I desired it, mm -hmm. um, but it was fleeting because I wasn't ready. God was like, you're not ready. I don't want to send you anything else to, to hurt you anymore and I don't want to send you something that's ready and you're not ready for it. You mishandle it, you know? Um, I know that with the wisdom and awareness that I have today, but I didn't have it at the time. And so I put my family in that part. And I'm just so grateful for their grace and my unconditional, unwavering love. Yeah. My sister, my nieces, my daughter being down on the floor with me praying, being down on the floor. When I couldn't get out of the fetal position, they got down there with me. You know, and they stayed and they prayed and they fed me. And uh, they did everything but baby food, everything else. And they literally, my, my village of women literally carried me through those seasons, literally. My, one of my uh, best friends right after the suicide, the following month, um, she took me, she paid for me to go to Aruba, and she took me to Aruba once a week, and literally breathed life back into me on that trip. I mean, I was like this big, I lost a ton of weight. Um, I just looked, I looked sick, I was sick. I was up all night, you know where I was up all night crying, she was like, all night. 
no judgment, never mentioned it. You know what's so interesting? When we look at people, we would never imagine. We size them up, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful. <laughs> this beautiful dress on. You know I've been loving that. I gotta make sure you get the right. You know, but you would never, and that's why so many people are suffering silently. And that's why so many people are ill and they are just not getting the help they need because we're not talking. We just look the part. You know, we look like we got it going on. And so you would never know that those are the things that you're dealing with or have dealt with. Thank God, right? That we don't look like what we But you know what? I said maybe we should, though. Maybe we should. And then right. we would get the support that we need. Right. And then we would relate know. to one another. I'm not saying once you're healed, right. but while we're in it, maybe we should look like it. Maybe a we should. A little bit worse. Maybe we should. A little bit worse. A little bit worse. But you know what? I want to glow up, though. You know? Yeah. I'm for a good glow up. Yeah. It's like, no, look at where I was. But don't forget about what Rod has yeah. brought me yeah. and what he's brought me through. That's why I shared it all on social media. I share it, yes, because I, when I get to where God is taking me, I don't want you guys to think that I was always on the mountaintop. Yeah. Know about my values. It's the journey, too. Yeah. Right? And when people can go along the journey with you, yeah. they can understand. God will let you know when you need to reveal and what you need to reveal. Right. Yeah. Into who? Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yep. Amazon, I'm 
put some things on there. I'm going to get you with some things, like, randomly. He came up with a couple books. So I'm like, okay, all right, cool. That, that's very thoughtful. Um, a couple article links, more than a couple. Links during work. Yeah. I was getting links today. <laughs>
talking about it to having a breakdown, several mental breakdowns, and then going into healing. So he's been here, it's been six years, he's been through this process of discovery with me. Um, so that's been helpful. I believe he was the right man to be there. Yes. I, I believe that he absolutely was the right man. We're here for a reason, we're here for multiple purposes together. Um, and it would not have opened anybody else. If this, this process would not have worked, I would still be fighting myself um, with other people, fighting other people, because it wasn't the right situation to be in. So, you know, I'm where I'm supposed to be at the right time, the right person to figure all these things out. Something you said triggered a thought. Do you still sometimes feel that you're crazy or call yourself crazy? I love today's conversation because it was real. It was raw. So many of us crave for romantic relationships, whether we feel whole or we have some type of mental illness or mental disorder. And today's conversation is just real life proof that in spite of what you may be dealing with mentally, whether it's anxiety, depression, suicidal thoughts, PTSD, um, you still can have healthy, thriving relationships because there are great men out there who want to work with you through whatever your issue may be. And I think so often we also forget about the fact that there's so many women out there who are in relationships with men who have mental health illnesses and disorders. And so it goes both ways. And I hope that you are encouraged to first seek help, evaluate yourself, but to also know that you can have a healthy romantic relationship. I hope you'll join us back next week where the ladies will answer the question that we ended with today. Do they still see themselves as crazy? Do they view, view themselves that way? So join us back here next week. Be sure to share this with a friend and I hope you have a great week.